Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the book of Acts, and we're at the end of the 11th chapter. And in the previous episode, we left off where uh, Saul had come to Antioch. Do you remember how he got there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Barnabas went and looked for him. <laughs> remember that? Verse 25 of Acts 11 says this, and he, that's Barnabas, left for Tarsus to look for Saul. Verse 26 says, and when he'd found him, he brought him to Antioch. Now, why did he do that? I think he did it because of what the rest of the, uh, the verse says. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So Barnabas went and got Saul because he knew that Saul could be of tremendous help in teaching these new believers, these Gentile believers. And so that's what they did for a year. Now, verse 27 starts off with this phrase. Now, at this time, well, at what time? The phrase literally means in these days. In other words, at the time when uh, uh, Saul was in Antioch and Barnabas was there, when all this was going down. Now, at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And there's a couple of things I want us to see because we're just looking at a few verses today, three, four verses here to, to um, close out the 11th chapter. But I want us to think about these things. Notice what we see right here. Is at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. There were prophets at that time. And we're about to be introduced to one of them. His name is Agabus. And when you look up the uh, various uh, resources and dictionaries about Agabus, they all say the same thing, the same phrase. They say, he was a Christian prophet. A Christian prophet. And, you know, most of our churches nowadays would have a really hard time wrapping our mind around that concept, though it is extremely biblical. It's very biblical. As a matter of fact, we get a picture here of how we are supposed to be functioning as the body of Christ. In these next three verses right here, we're going to see something that happens, and we're going to see that God moves in this way. He still does this kind of thing. And then we're going to see the response of the people that come about. So watch this, verse 27. One of these prophets was named Agabus. And he stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit, and that means that he uh, uh, was speaking through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. So what happened? Agabus is there with him, and the Spirit moves upon him to proclaim to the body that was gathered together there that there would be a great famine. And it's described all over the world. This is something that the Lord did, and this is something the Lord does today. Now, quite often when we think of someone being a prophet, we want to default immediately and exclusively to thinking that it's someone who can, uh, quote, foretell, unquote, the future. In other words, they can tell you about things that are yet to come. There is definitely that element of it, and that's what's happening right here. Agabus, through the Spirit, told him there's going to be a great famine that's going to break forth all over the world. Even today, some of the things that are happening right now in the world today have actually been prophesied by many, many people through the years. 
that you find on YouTube. There's some folks that I sort of trust. Uh, one in particular that is now with the Lord. He, he actually went to glory quite young, but literally prophesied. And people thought it was some of the weirdest things, and we are experiencing it right now. And if I were to tell you the detail of it right now, most of you would still think it's a weird thing and still not know what quite to do with it, okay? But the Lord will do that. He will prophesy in advance. Uh, but a lot of times when someone is a prophet, <coughs> excuse me, and moves through the spiritual empowerment of prophecy, it means to speak forth the word of the Lord. When you sit there and tell somebody that God loves you, you are prophesying unto them. You're proclaiming the truth of the word of the Lord upon them. But in Agabus' case right here, he was telling them something's going to happen in the future. The end of verse 28 says this, And this took place in the reign of Claudius. Claudius reigned from, I think, 41 A.D. to 54 A.D., right around there until he was poisoned by his wife. He wasn't exactly a great emperor. None of them were. Uh, but anyway, somewhere uh, there were actually several famines that took place during his reign. But we think this is probably referring to one that took place in uh, 45 A.D., and it lasted for three years. There was, like I said, several famines that occurred, but this one lasted three years, and it was within the entire region, the entire world. Uh, we'll see Claudius later. He's actually the one that kicks all the Jews out of Rome. And he does that after the end of the famine. And I'm wondering if there's not some tie-in. I think there is, actually, that he was blaming the Jews for that famine. So anyway, what, what do they do? Well, verse 29. And in proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. And so Agabus stands up and he says, hey, there's going to be a great famine. There's going to be a great thing that happens all over the world. Well, when you need to read the next verse, you find out the disciples that in proportion that each of them had determined, folks, this is how we are to give. We as believers, we do not give according to the Mosaic law of a tithe. You don't see that uh, within the new covenant. You don't see that with the Christian church. Nowhere. Nowhere are we told to give a tithe, to give a tenth. We're, to, we're told to give hilariously. We're told to give proportionally. We're told to give regularly. We're told in several ways, like right here, as each has determined, as each one determines in their own heart. We see that in several passages. We see in several passages, as the disciples had means, as you have ability, as you determine within, within your own heart. Yeah, we're to give regularly. We're to give proportionally. And we're to give as the Lord moves upon us. But you don't see the tithe anywhere. I mean, it's one of the greatest misteachings within the body of Christ today. And I know it's done innocently because people just don't know the Word of God. And if you bring it up to them, they look at you like you're a 12-headed toad or something, and they don't really want to hear the truth because they're scared to death. Well, then the people won't give. And it's absolute foolishness. If you teach the truth, the people will give within the truth. Now, this giving right here I don't think was necessarily tied to the famine because the famine had yet to take place. But the disciples that were in Jerusalem had tremendous need. We've already seen this. Uh, most of the, just the average disciples had left. The apostles and some other ones, uh, they were being persecuted, and they would not have been able to work in the traditional sense, run businesses in the traditional sense. And so the believers in Antioch determined, hey, we're going to help them. We need to send some help down to them. It wasn't help because of the famine that was yet to come. 
it was help because of the immediate need. And so they just they said, hey, we're going to do this as uh, each person can in proportion, whatever disciples can give. If you got a lot, you give a lot. If you don't have much, you can't give much. But each determined to give a contribution for relief of the brethren living in Judea in the area of Jerusalem. Verse 30, last verse for the day. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. So uh, they, they took up an offering. They gave it to Barnabas and they gave it to Saul. And they were going to take it down to Jerusalem and take it to the elders and tell the elders, hey, here's a, uh, you know, a gift from Antioch. Y'all use this as the Lord directs you. So you see a couple things. You see how we are to give as individuals. You see how are we to give? We are to give as the body of Christ. You see how we're to meet the needs of one another. You see how the Lord at this time uh, clued them in to a great famine that is yet to come. And you know the Lord does that today. The scripture actually tells us the Lord doesn't do anything about telling his prophets. I believe the Lord tells the body of Christ everything. But the body of Christ, quite often, particularly out of the river of the body of Christ that I've been involved in my lifetime, most of them reject that to our detriment. What would happen if we actually started listening and actually started believing how God works? I think he might clue us in a lot of stuff. He's already doing it. I could give you story after story after story. But my time is up. We'll press on the next episode. I'll see y'all then. Goodbye.